Who is the tight end to own in Pittsburgh in 2017? Who is the running back to own in New York next season? And who is going to be the first pick of the first 2017 draft for the Fantasy Football Players Championship? Plus, $38,000 FFPC winner Chris Puhovich talks about his two top five teams in the playoff challenge and how he was able to win four Football Guys Players Championship leagues in 2016 as well. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Bunches and bunches. Punches is thrown into your frontless. Oodles and noodles. Bang bullets that suck as noodles. Left album voodoo. Prove that we... I'm talking crazy, half past the clock is cuckoo You rap with you, baby, just make you boo-boo I'm talking brutal, master move Broadcast live and heard around the world You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com With your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis From the best fantasy players in the world and now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. We run a brand with a structure for number one commitment. It's all a joke between mom and and the corporate so we disappear in the smoke. Thank you kindly, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all you Balkaholics and all you Gerzakan addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm your slightly above-average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak, coming up on tonight's show. Have the Niners found their quarterback? And Dave and I take a look back at how the quarterbacks finished in fantasy in 2016, plus $38,000 FFPC winner Chris Puhovich drops some science on how he was able to get his two teams in the top five of the FFPC World Famous Playoff Challenge and earn four Football Guys Players Championship titles last season as well. Dave, I know you probably don't have this information off the top of your head, but in the history of the Playoff Challenge, have we ever seen one player with two teams in the top five before? I believe that is an unprecedented feat that Chris Chris Bohovich, uh accomplished this past year. I think you're right, Balky. Uh, I also think there is no official record-keeping or... Stat mongering. Yeah, there really isn't, no. We have the winner's circle on the FFPC website that, uh, to my knowledge, has not been updated for 2016, but I'll tell you what has been updated on the FFPC website. You can draft now. Online satellites, DEs available, super flex leagues available. Did the first one start tonight? Yes, they, uh, the 35s are going off right now. Oh, by the way. Um, 35, 77s, and 250s yeah. all taking signups. The University of Phoenix Online has announced a, a fantasy archaeology degree. Really? How to help? So What's that, that? that? Well, that's, when you study that, you might be able to go back and check some of these. You know, <laughs> so, uh, that's in the syllabus? Check it out. Yeah, check yeah. it out. Okay. Larry Fitzgerald, big, big fan. Fitz likes Phoenix Online. Yeah, I believe that's Fantasy Archaeology 102 when you get to FFPC. Look, there's like the 600-level courses. Right. That's yeah. what we're in the 600-level. Yeah, level. okay, I got it. NFFC, that's 100-level. Fair enough. But it is exciting to see that we, we have drafts launching, as, as you put it today. 2017 for FFPC opens 
on 217. So that's very cool. I saw, of course, uh, Brian Holgen tweeting uh, about uh, being in, in the first draft of the year of the FFPC. You can follow him on Twitter, at Draft Attic. He is a uh, former guest of this show, good guy. And uh, I believe he drew the four spot in his first uh, league tonight. And I, if I was reading the tweets right. He casually mentioned at work that he was he's already in an FFPC league and he got the four spot. And his coworker, who he just mentioned this to, his coworker is like, "Oh, I'm in the same league. I got the 11 spot." Just in happenstance, didn't even realize they're in the same FFPC league. Turned oh, out to be the first how one. Coincidental. It's very coincidental. Have to talk to the regulators about that. Yes, definitely do that. And uh, I want to you know, talk to the uh, chat room right now. Shout out to everybody in there. Feel free to post any questions. You all might have for us, if you're not connect with us on Twitter, at HSFFR, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak is where to find us. Facebook.com slash HSFFR is where to keep in touch with us there. If you want to give us a buzz, call us tonight, 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. You can also email the show at highstakesfantasyfootball uh, at gmail.com. Our producer and mutual friend Rob and our audio engineer Bryce are checking that email box. We'll, uh, we'll get to as many emails as we can later on in the show. We do have uh, to get to the quarterbacks in review, Dave, which sort of unofficially signals the last few episodes of our season number five here on the HSFF, our season number six. Very we'll exciting. kick off uh, shortly after that, but uh, we'll, we'll take a look back. As I always say, it's very important to look ahead in fantasy, almost as important to look back. So we will do that in uh, the fantasy feedback segment later on in the show. As I mentioned, myffpc.com is where to go to draft now in uh, draft experts leagues and in super flex uh, draft experts leagues. That's, of course, the uh, dual quarterback. Uh, there are two quarterback leagues that we have. Um, I guess they're not officially two quarterback leagues, Dave. They are not officially. They're not officially, but that's how most people play them. Only the dummies. Um, you can check that out at myffpc.com. Also, plenty of dynasty orphan teams uh, that are open at uh, the message boards there. You can uh, click on uh, the, uh, the forums, check out all the dynasty orphans that you can pick up today for low, low bargain basement prices. Email Dave at myffpc.com to make not your best left. offer on that. Uh, we're, we're definitely hammering down on the last few... Um, the last few uh, Dynasty Orphans. It's possible we could have some uh, startups this year, but if you want to be guaranteed to play a high-stakes Dynasty um, with the FFPC this year, get those Orphan teams taken care of. That is your best chance to play. And uh, leagues as, as low as 250 as high as 2500 a price point for everyone there. Very, very exciting. Next week on the show, Dave, we'll actually be talking about um, mine and the real Leroy's. Uh, Kentucky Dynasty team. Oh, very exciting. Startup that will be drafting next Thursday, and uh, I'll probably post some stuff on their Facebook page so people can pay attention there. Oh, that's uh, going to be riveting. I'm not going to tell you where I pick in that draft. I'm oh, gonna, really? I'm, I'm gonna You're have teasing you. us yeah, on, yeah, yeah. on your draft spot. And I'm going to see if you can do yeah, guess that my team again on right. the show, which you did very good last time. We'll see if you can do it. Thank you. Make it two for two. All right, let's get I'm into... I'm going to be on the show next week. No, no, no. Oh, that's right. We'll have to do it in two weeks. I forgot about that. Sorry. Okay, that's fine. It's a late flight from there. That's totally understandable, so don't worry about it. I actually, I did know that, and I forgot about it. They screwed me. Yeah, well, that's okay. I have somebody in mind for next week. For I'm sure it'll be much better. Yes. (laughs) Impending free agent Michael Floyd pled guilty to one count of extreme DUI. I believe we've talked about this on the show, (laughs) Dave. I love that charge. Extreme! Apparently in Arizona, there is a charge called extreme DUI. Uh, All the surfers and, of course, the uh, snowboarders. (laughs) 
constantly being picked up for that in Arizona. <laughs> That's really funny. That was in uh, Scottsdale, excuse me, yesterday and Thursday in Scottsdale uh, City Court. This is according to Mike Jarecki on Twitter. The six other counts against him were dismissed after he pled guilty to this. He will serve a 120-day jail, jail sentence, 24 days in county jail, 96 days of essentially home detention, uh, wow. as it were. 30 hours of community service must also be completed by Floyd, and he will have to pay more than a $5,000 uh, plus DUI? fine. What was uh, his uh, BAC? Uh, he blew a point two one seven, uh, which is more than... I think it's is it more than triple the no it's not the legal point, level there point oh eight so point two four no is, do you, is that what it is in Arizona though I don't I, I, I thought it was point oh seven in Arizona I, I don't really know the like the like the minutia of that oh come on you, you say you're from Wisconsin well Wisconsin you got yes I know but. I'm actually surprised it's that low Wisconsin I figured it'd be like point one seven maybe that's what, like, yeah eh, good enough you know whatever. So yeah, you point, and I, you and I, two one seven is really not. I mean, that's not that extreme, to be honest. With you. In, uh, in like, Arizona statutes, that is extreme that's DUI. Probably like six or seven old fashions. I don't think he was drinking old fashions. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, is that do, what? Do they have? Did, the, did you have an old fashioned at Rye tonight? Yes, I did. I was wondering if that's what that was. Yeah, know. very. How was that? This was pretty good. Did you have dinner there too, or just drinks? Yeah, we we had dinner. Yeah, and, and it, was, it wasn't on. Purpose. I mean, I don't want to give him the whole story. When, you know, you know, okay, you don't have to get into it. Was, the whole it was story. great. Dinner was great. Okay, interesting. Because yeah. I have not heard. You're the first person to tell me that about that restaurant. Really? Yeah. Why? Because everybody it's, else is it's always expensive kinda, and pretentious. No, so they don't, like, well, maybe the pretentiousness. Too, like, I've never heard anybody normal. complain about the price there because I think you kind of know what you're paying when you get in, but people just seem to be underwhelmed by the food. The well, drinks are different. The the craft cocktails they have there and everything, very good. Yeah, the food was fine. I mean, I don't. I had. A fish fry, which I don't normally ever get, but I thought they had that'd a be fish fry at Rye. Yeah, I thought wow. that'd be interesting because that, it's supposed to be this like right, upscale yeah. restaurant. So I'm gonna have, oh, we have an a, old fashioned we have and a fish fry. I thought that'd be kind of hose, ironic. Steak tartare or a fish fry. <laughs> My daughter had this, this the steak, whatever the yeah. filet mignon. Getting back to Michael Floyd, you and I had a wager on this that I believed that he would be on the Patriots roster um, for Week One of 2017. I am sticking to that. Yes. But I no longer believe it. <laughs> yeah. This is Michael Floyd's career over at this point? He I mean, what be. do you do with him in Dynasty? Are you are you throwing out low ball offers to try to get him as, as your last guy to, to keep on your roster at this point? He are you unloading game, right? him? Yeah. Are you unloading him and trying to get anything for him? What are you doing here? I just I mean I hope he I hope he got his degree. I mean it's good school and hope he, you know, gets a good job. Yes. I, I believe well, he left a year early. I <laughs> hope he's He's got a bunch of credits. I would get rid of him. I, I would know. I wouldn't know. I don't know him anywhere. I you would just cut him. You wouldn't even shop him around when when cut downs come. You're dropping him. I would send out offers, but then I would always I'd put like an LOL in the comments. Like I'd be Floyd, like I wouldn't put an LOL. I wouldn't put an LOL. I just put something like um, just you know pulling my hair out in desperation. <laughs> you know something like that. Uh, Tupacker wants to know uh, when registration begins for uh, the Revelations draft, which we'll be covering live on the show. Oh, I don't know. A couple of weeks. A couple of weeks. Months. All right. Uh, it won't be months. <laughs> At least I don't think it will be. Um, yeah, once again, we'll be covering the Genesis and Revelations draft live on the show. That is always a fun time as well. So we'll tell you when you can register for that. And you can play against Tupacker and all the other great players in the Revelations draft. And just to confirm, the point two one seven is not 2%. Is, is, is uh, here we go again. <laughs> That's just so fantastic. Right. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. No, Balky made a boo boo, and we all continue to find comedy. <laughs> year after year. That's just great. No, I'm glad. 
I'm glad the studio audience is behind you on that one. That's yep. fantastic. All right, go ahead. Moving on, ESPN's Jason Reed has reported that uh, quote-unquote former Redskins officials who know Kirk Cousins, i.e. the people who were in the organization when they drafted him. An unnamed him. White House source said that Trump. All right, let's keep Trump out of it. Um, they've said that uh, Cousins uh, does not want to be a Redskin. He would prefer to be franchise tagged again this year rather than sign a long-term deal uh, with the team, the uh, Washington uh, football team, as well as Kirk Cousins, have made little progress on a long-term deal. I'm sure that Kirk Cousins is probably pretty ticked off that he's had these two baller seasons the last couple of years and uh, still has not done enough to uh, sew up a long-term deal there. Um, the Washington front office, who we heard Scott McGloin is is already uh, on thin ice with ownership there. He might have to, uh, you know, he might only have a year left. What do you and, think his blood alcohol content is? All right, we don't need to get into that either. <laughs> uh, but, um, again, we, we see the report here from Jason Reed this, yep. and, and the, the Roto War of Blurb saying that uh, the offensive coordinator for the Redskins when they drafted Kirk Cousins, Kyle Shanahan actually stood, literally stood on the table uh, so that they, this is after they took Robert Griffin III in the first round that they wanted to get Kirk Cousins, or that he wanted Kirk Cousins as well. Now Shanahan is a, has his own team in San Francisco, is this, I mean, is there fire here? I mean, there's obviously smoke. Is there fire about Kirk Cousins potentially being the Niners quarterback next year, Dave? And if so, I think we've got to be dropping him quite a bit in uh, fantasy rankings because he simply does not have the weapons in San Francisco that he will have in Washington. You mean next year, meaning this coming year? This coming year, sorry. Yeah, no, that's all right. I mean, I don't know. What kind of weapons does he have in, in Washington? Well, he's got Jordan Reed. Obviously, which which well, has he's got him about ten games out of the year. Okay, Jackson's hurt all the time. Jameson Crowder, Garcon's gone. Garcon and and um, Jack Djax are probably gone. Crowder is awesome. That's good. He's like the only good. Well, yeah, you look at San Francisco. They got Carlos Hyde and yeah, there is Carlos Hyde. They draft a few guys. Yeah, Jerry Rice, it's, it's, uh, John Taylor, Bolden back yet? Dwight uh, <laughs> Dwight Clark. So it's a little rough. It's yeah. a, like, the cupboard is a bit bare. But, I mean, you know, Cousins is – I think the quarterback does help make the players more so, – I do believe more so than the receivers help make the quarterback. Give me the crystal ball prediction. What percentage chance does uh, Kirk Cousins have of being the starting quarterback for Washington this coming season? Washington? Yeah. Uh, 75? I was, I was going to go higher. I was going to say, like, 90. I don't think there's much to this. Okay. I think, I think yeah. that he's going to be like, there. Niners, like, five? Yeah, somewhere around there. They, they might be the second-highest team, though. I yeah, mean, when, when, you, when you look at uh, potentially who could be there. Uh, DKSports.com reports Ladarius Green is uh, not currently in the concussion protocol in the NFL. That's, but, that, that, but, that's DKPittsburghSports.com. What did I say? You said DK Sports. <laughs> that's a completely different site. That's my, si- that's my side sports. business. I was trying to get a plug in for, for my Donkey Kong Sports uh, DK Sports website. was taken when, when these guys looked for it. Right. So anyway, he's not in the protocol, but he has yet to be cleared. Uh, it, it's... This is more fuzzy news um, about Ladarius Green. And you know what's funny, Dave, is, you know, I have this, I think I mentioned this on the show, that I have this tearaway movie quote calendar. Um, You've spoken to me about it previously. Yeah, okay. So yesterday was from Ronan, and it was, when there is any doubt, there is no doubt. (laughs) There's plenty of doubt with Ladarius Green here. So there's no doubt that I have of this guy not, 
I don't have any interest in him. We saw Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers uh, brass talking up Jesse James, how excited they were for him this coming year. Right. Whether they believe that or not, or whether it's just, you know, trying to get the, the positive vibes moving forward on who the Pittsburgh tight end is going to be, doesn't really matter which one of those is true. Because the fact of the matter is it's probably going to be Jesse James next year. And I don't know if Ladarius Green is, it honestly, is going to make um, the team. The Pittsburgh Post-Gazette said that Green will probably keep his roster spot. Uh, Art Rooney, the president of the team, was noncommittal on that. Uh, next month, he signed he's all, it. He's probably all pissed off. Four-year, $20 million deal in, in March. Did not live up to it this year, mostly That's because of injuries. Yeah, not, he's done nothing. Um, you know, we look at, at this tight end position next year. I think that uh, James is the guy I'd much – if, if I was drafting an FFPC right now, I'd be drafting Jesse James ahead of Ladarius Green. No question. I probably would, too. I mean, Ladarius Green, he's, all, he's always been, like, this all-potential guy who's never done anything, especially over the long term. Right. I mean, I, just, I think uh, he has so much potential, but he's just always been this perpetual tease. Looks like Tarzan, plays like James. Doesn't play. Doesn't play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have um, Chris Pohovich coming up here, the $38,000 winner in FFPC. What? Yeah, it looks like Tarzan, plays like Jane comment. Yeah, that might be kind of sexist. I don't, I don't think like it's sexist. I don't remember. I, you know, if That's you, insulting to James. If, if you re- the social justice listen, warriors are not going to like these types of comments, Paul. The social justice warriors need to look at the movies and read the, the books or whatever it was, because I don't remember Jane being very athletic yeah, in there. Jane I do remember Tarzan good. being very she athletic. She might look good, and maybe, you know, Tarzan. Fine, looks like Tarzan and Jane plays like Jane. <laughs> That's still insulting. No, it's not insulting. It's the truth. Virtue signaling. The Giants released Rashad Jennings this week, according to Jordan Renan on Twitter. He was set to make $2.48 million. And we're back. Don't know what did happened there. Did you lean on the space bar? I think that they did not want – they wanted to hear from Chris Pohovich, the, the show the, the Automaton did, and did not want to hear any more Rashad Jennings news. Yeah. The only reason He's I bring good. this up, that the Giants are cutting him um, – You'd say, oh, Balky, this looks good for your Paul Perkins wager nope. uh, that, that uh, the Giants are going to stay away from. I don't believe it is because I think that this signals that the Giants are probably going to be drafting. A running back in the first in the, three in, rounds. In the first three rounds. Or, or maybe they go into free agency. Maybe they go out and get a guy who played for Ben McAdoo Fat in Eddie Green Lacey. Bay, Eddie Lacy. Could be Fat Eddie. The possibility. Could be. All right. Well, we just took a break, technically. But well, we're going to take another one here. Uh, we're going to have. Unfortunately, I can hear Balky again. That's a two packers. Yeah, well, this, <laughs> they can't all be winners. We do have a winner coming up a $38,000 one in Chris Bohovich in the FFPC last year. This is Eric Balkman, Dave Gerzak, the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. We'll be right back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Technical difficulties be damned. We are back here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Uh, sorry for that uh, little malfunction back there. I don't know what it was. Apparently, we can't talk about Rashad Jennings on the show. I'll remember that going forward. We do want to talk uh, about our next guest as I introduce him uh, on the, onto the show. He not only won four, count them, four Football Guys Players Championship League titles last year, but he also got two teams to finish in the top five of the 2016 world-famous FFPC Playoff Challenge. He tallied more than $38,000 in winnings last season, a.k.a. nearly 40000 And he's here to tell us how he did it tonight. Please welcome into the show Chris Pohovich. Thanks for coming on the show tonight, Chris. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. 
Very exciting to have such a big winner on in the uh, in the latter part of, of our season here as we kind of turn the page to 2017. You obviously crushed it this past season. We want to find out what your secrets were, how you were able to do it before we get to that. Tell us what you're doing for a living when you are not playing fantasy football. Yeah, so during the day I'm in uh, corporate finance. Um, <laughs> a little bit different than fantasy football, right? But uh, it's good. I like to keep things separate, so I do that during the daytime. Uh, at nighttime, you know, when it's football season, focus on football. When it's the off season, focus on uh, stock investing. Um, so just keeping busy all the time. Excellent. Do you have any hot tips? Yeah, I knew that was coming. <laughs> I knew that was coming. For for an honest broker, yeah, take, uh, take, take a look deal. at Skechers, SKX. All right, Skechers, that's cool. All right. SKX. I was not expecting that. You know what? It's, I, I admire a person who has the balls to actually give out a pick and say these other guys like right. compliance, whatever BS that they're talking yeah. about. Are you calling anybody out? No, no one I can remember. Uh. <laughs> All right. Anyway, Chris, you entered several teams in this year's playoff challenge. You had two in the top five, which is crazy. Balky, how many teams do we have over on this? 2,750. Team? Wow. And a third just outside the top 100. Notice how I said, didn't say 100. All right, moving on. How did you manage to get those three teams to finish so high? Yeah, so you know what? Last year was the first year that I entered the uh, the playoff challenge. Uh, I think I only did one team and, and did horrible, right? So um, this year, uh, as opposed to, to following the players, I followed the teams a lot, um, and so I felt pretty confident about the, the paths that the teams would take through the playoffs, right? Uh, so I felt good about Green Bay playing a couple games in there. I thought Dallas would lose, right, their first game to Green Bay. Um, and so I took the brackets and uh, kind of plotted who I thought would go where. Uh, the only one I actually got wrong was I thought Green Bay would take Atlanta, which obviously was uh, not a good call. But other than that, um, right, I was able to predict uh, how many games each team would play. Uh, from that, then you could start going down the list of, of the players and, you know, who who's advantageous at each position, who's going to have the, the widest scoring margin based on the number of games. And uh, you also got to fade a couple people, right? So, like, Ezekiel Elliott, I, I had 10, 10 teams. I didn't take him in any. I faded him. I thought he'd struggle a little bit in his first playoff game. Wow, that's nice. Um and, and a couple of players, you know, you pick, uh, you pick them for all ten, right? So I was, you know, some people want to hedge. They're they're interested in trying to have a positive ROI. You know, a 25% is good ROI. For me, it's more, uh, you know, kind of win big or go home. Um, so so I was putting up the two grand. And I said, all right, if I could turn this into something significantly more, it's worth it for me. Otherwise, I'm going to throw away two thousand dollars. And and it just turned out that, uh, you know, what I was thinking actually played out pretty well, right? So I had Aaron Aaron Rodgers in the mall as an example. But uh, also when you do that, sometimes you get hurt. So I had the Raiders defense in there, thinking, you know, it's a good first round matchup. They're excited to be in the playoffs. They have uh, they're playing Osweiler, right? Who's kind of sucked all season, uh, and they put up a big fat zero. Uh, on the defense side there, so uh, that that hurt me a little bit. Otherwise, uh, maybe from uh, you know tie for third and, and fifth place, I could have bumped up to maybe first and second place. You know that's interesting because I think so many people will just look at the player first before the team. But you hit the nail on the head. If you can predict which teams are moving on and which are going to go the furthest, that's going to give you a leg up on a lot of the other teams in this competition. Now, when you look at you know, formulating lineups for all these different teams. Did you sort of plot each lineup based on the same playoff bracket results that you had projected and just kind of picked and choose or picked and chose like, you know, a, a different quarterback here, a different receiver here, a different running back here from the same team? Or, I mean, did you vary up, 
what could have happened in the playoffs, say Dallas going to the Super Bowl or, you know, um, uh, you know, some, some, uh, some maybe Kansas City going to the Super Bowl. Did, did you figure any other potential results of the playoff bracket when you formulated these teams? Or did you just go with, one, you know, your original projection and then sort of switch the players up after that? Yeah, no, so I did the original projection, right? Um, the thing is, if you have, you know, almost 3,000 people in the contest and, and you want to place very high, uh, I, I think you have better odds by doing the same core guys and then mixing up a couple on the end. And this way, if your core guys do well and you mix up a couple on the end that you're not too sure about, you know, a lot of the teams where you think they're only going to be playing one game, who do you pick from that team? Uh, that's a little bit harder than saying, okay, I think Green Bay is going to play three or four games and I'm going to go fair and Rodgers there. Uh, and, and so that's what I did. I think the only team where I where I kind of mix it up in, in half and half, I took uh, Devonta Freeman in half and Julio Jones in half, um, even though I thought they were going to be playing, you know, the Falcons were going to be playing a couple games there. Um, but, you know, you want some contrarian points of view, and you think Julio Jones is going to be high on. So, you know, if something happens there or teams double-team them like they should have, uh, then Devonta Freeman could be a sneaky, uh, sneaky guy to get you over the edge there. Chris, did you have any like crazy out there picks, uh, you know, as far as uh, any of your teams go? Uh, in other words, maybe taking somebody other than – this is just an example – taking somebody from the Falcons other than Jones, Freeman, or Ryan, um, you know, uh, like a Mohamed Sanu or a Tevin Coleman or something. Did you have any, like, crazy picks that ended up panning out for at least a game or two uh, in any of your lineups? No, actually. I mean, I took a couple that uh, didn't work out too well, right? So from the Cowboys, I took the kicker, Dan Bailey, for a couple instead of, right, because I said I, I faded Ezekiel Elliott through them all. I took Des Bryant in a couple, and then I took Dan Bailey in a couple uh, just in case uh, both guys got shut down in the playoffs. Um, no, there, there was no surprise ones. I mean, I saw, uh, you know, one of the guys who was playing, he got bumped up pretty high in the uh, the leaderboard the last game because he took James White, which was surprising, right? And he put up that huge monster game in the Super Bowl. He did nothing before that. And then when you double up the points for the uh, the Super Bowl game, right, James White actually did pretty pretty friggin' well and right bumped the guy up from out of nowhere into I think he was like the top fifteen somewhere around there. That's sort of like a recurring theme we've seen this year. We saw Mike Kuzma come out of nowhere to win the Football Guys Players Championship. We've seen uh, now uh, James White who scores three touchdowns, sets a Super Bowl record for receptions in a game, gets a, a team that's nowhere in the PC all the way up into the top 15 of the Super Bowl. Pretty makes crazy. It, makes it fun. Makes it fun, makes it compelling. Or depressing. Or depressing, yes. Remember Sproles did that a few years ago. That was our big thing that Sproles went crazy. Yeah, what game? Of Who are they playing in that? Because that was an action scoring thing, too, because wasn't one of them like a punt return for a touchdown? Yeah, he had a number of touchdowns. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. I remember that. Anyway. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you crushed the playoff challenge. But you also won four Football Guys Players Championship League titles, not just made the – you know, usually people are like, oh, I made the playoffs, that's great, we'll see what happens. But you actually won four titles. Congrats on that, Chris. Um, was there anything special that you did in all four of those leagues that, you know, any secrets no, I mean, you can it, it, unlock for our listeners? Yeah, so to take it in context, right, I had something like 30 teams out there, so it's not like I won four out of four or four out of ten. Um, well, don't so tell I our listeners yeah, that. Yeah, 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 no, no, keep that on the down. Chris, Look, we're building edit, you up here. Edit that out, folks. Yeah, you don't, I will. I'm not going to have a $38,000 winner just sabotaging himself live on the air. Four wins is four wins. No, no matter how you slice it, we understand what you're saying, though. But four league championships, how did that – I mean – were those different than the ones that you didn't win this year? Or how? I mean, was it just a, a matter of those guys staying healthy? What was it? 
No, you know what? It's actually uh, I, I do daily fantasy, um, and so that's where I have the bulk of, of my bankroll, right? So I focus time-wise there. Um, and so after a few games, I just can't keep up with the number of teams that I have, and I'm doing it by myself. So I just take the guys who are, you know, the teams that are doing well, either point-wise or schedule-wise, uh, and I just focus on them. And then, you know, if I have time to go in and look through the other uh, the other teams and the free agency and see who should be playing this week, I do. Uh, it's a little bit of a squeeze. Um, and so, you know, if I if I did this dedicatedly, I think instead of four, I probably could have won, you know, eight to ten. Um, in, in terms of secrets, not really. It's kind of the same strategy I had for the the playoff challenge where I'm going to load up on, on the key guys if I could get them in the draft. Um, and this way, then I'll have variation on the back end, right? So a couple back end hits, like I picked Jordan Howard uh, on, on the teams uh, when he was available in the late rounds, which was a nice hit. Um, Cameron Bray and a couple. Uh, I forget who else. But again, you know, I'm going with the same core guys, mixing up the, the guys in the later stages to get some variation in there. And, you know, it's a risky strategy. I mean, if you do well, you're, you're going to do well, right, if, if the core guys do well. And if not, then, then you're going to potentially lose it all. Um, so, again, you know, are you a guy who, uh, you know, a grinder guy or are you a guy who wants to go out there and try to, to hit, hit it big? I thought one of the comments that Chris just made was, was really interesting, Balky, where a lot of times you hear people say, oh, you know, these guys have like 20, 30, 40, 50 teams. How can I compete against these guys? You know, right. they have so many teams. But actually he's almost saying, like, look, you know, I have like eight to ten teams that are doing pretty well. I'll focus on those. Maybe three or you know, four of them win titles like this. Right. But effectively, he's saying that you know, twenty of these teams, I'll kind of you know, half-assedly pay attention to them at last. Says, you know, be competitive, not not tank. Whatever. Yeah, as it just, moves along, right, but I'm not right. going to really like go crazy right. to really do a great job. So I mean, that's actually people should feel pretty good about that if they just own a few teams. David Hubbard on the uh, on the high stakes lowdown. Um, not his his last appearance. Shameless plug. Um, he was on the first ever episode, uh, which you can listen to rotoviz.com <laughs> slash podcast. Nice. Well, that was good. You can um, you can listen to David Hubbard talk about because he owns a lot of teams. Of course, David Hubbard and Nelson Souza won our FFPC main event this year, and he talked about you know I, I manage all these teams and him he and Nelson you know hundreds of teams across you know various contests or, or what have you, and he said you know people always talk about. Oh, that that guy will win it, you know, because he's got all these teams. Well, you still gotta, you know, you still have to manage them. You still have to make the lines. And he said, "Man, I think about guys who only have one team." And he said, "You better be babying the hell out of that team if that's your only team, <laughs> yeah. uh, because you know you should be able to put a lot more time into that one squad than I can in in any of of my individual teams." And he also said he gave the advice. He's like, "If you want to, you know, really win, if you want to make sure your your buck." goes the furthest you got to treat each draft and each team like it's your only one you know and, and i think fun. that that was a, a big reason why why he was successful this year chris i, I want to bring this back to you of course chris pohovich thirty-eight thousand dollar winner in the ffpc last year in the playoff challenge in the football guys players championship you said you manage all these teams by yourself and i think it's interesting you know you have all these fpc teams um you know and then you're doing your daily stuff on the side as well you look at the lineup decisions that have to be made on Thursdays and Sunday mornings. You look at the waiver decisions that have to be made on Wednesdays and Fridays. I mean, how hectic was that for you when you're doing this without any help? You're doing this all by yourself. What was that like? Take us through that. Yeah, it's definitely crazy um, because I focus on the daily. There were a lot of times where the Thursday night I just wouldn't have the time to update and I'd miss a, a guy who had a big game. And you kind of, you know, kick yourself in the butt about that. But, you know, you got to set your priorities on, on which one could potentially earn you more. 
Um, and so it's also advantageous for everybody else in the tournament, in the, in the tournament or in my league, right? Because they're they're getting a guy who's only dedicating maybe a 30 or 40 percent effort. And to your point, if this is their only team and they're doing it 100 percent, um, even if I have 30 teams, it doesn't give me an advantage, right? Because uh, I'm not managing them all to 100 percent capacity. Um, so it's definitely crazy. It's definitely I missed out on a lot of the free agents. You can't think about free agent strategy and kind of how much do you want to bid on a guy. Um, when you have 30 teams and you got to think about that, uh, you know, if you really want to do it in depth, you should be looking at the other teams in your league and do they need this guy? How much is left in their bankroll? Um, you know, what should I make my bid? Because you don't want to overpay for guys. Because come the end of the season, right? If you, if you advance and you got those two weeks uh, to snag anybody last minute, and especially towards the end of the year when people start getting hurt, tired, the coaches are, are benching guys and resting them for the playoffs and stuff. Um, you really need to have great guys on your bench to, to pick it up. Um, and, and so it's very difficult, and, uh, yeah, it's definitely not for uh, not for the faint of heart if you're going to do a lot of teams there. Okay, Chris, we're going to look ahead a little, a little bit to free agency starting soon. Uh, is there any big names that you expect to change teams? Well, one, two, three, four big names, name whoever you want. That you think will have a huge impact on fantasy. Now, I have 17 guys that I think that you can name here that you From expect to change. From one through three. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, I, I think Kirk Cousins <laughs> is going to stay put there. But I think the Redskins will be interesting uh, to see how that plays out. Right? If Deshaun Jackson goes back to Philly, uh, Pierre Gasson's not going to be a number one wide receiver. So who are they going to bring in? Or are they going to draft somebody high? Um you know, or does somebody else make Cousins a long-term contract offer? Uh, you know, so definitely where he goes. Adrian Peterson, another one. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, he's talking about, hey, the Giants, you know, he, he sent out a tweet the other day, hey, the Giants are making some interesting moves, kind of inferring that, he, that you know, they want uh, he wants them to take a look at him. Uh, I think Green Bay would be a great spot for him. Imagine Aaron Rodgers not having to worry about uh, the pass rush, right, when you have Adrian Peterson behind you. So that would be interesting. I'd love to yeah, see that. Jerry. Hey, listen. Three point one four yards a carry. You mixed Peterson in with with Ty Montgomery back there. You have a full running back. That's true, actually. You know, I I I like that uh, idea. I I think that is interesting. Uh, the fact of, of where Peterson could go. I think it's the Washington as a team for free agency. Uh, that standpoint, I think that's so compelling when you consider. Uh, the roles uh, that, that Jackson and Garcon and Crowder will have either on Washington or, or a different team. He threw Jordan Reed into that as well. Or if, if Washington takes a running back in the first round, oh, my gosh. I mean, who, how can you possibly gauge how that team is going to go uh, this coming year for, uh, for fantasy? I think that's interesting. Let me ask you, Chris, about Alshon Jeffrey. Is he a guy that you think Chicago finds a way to keep him? Um, or do you think that he ends up uh, on a different team making some plays? And, and either way... Where, what round is he looking uh, as a good pick uh, for you this coming year for what we know right now? Yep, I think Chicago will keep him. Um, otherwise, the fans might revolt if they haven't already, right? They got rid of Forte, but uh, Jordan Howard kind of helped that heartache. Um, you know, they let go of Brandon Marshall, and you saw him kind of come out, break out the past couple of years in, in the Jets, right? So, uh, you know, I think the fan base there is probably pretty pissed. Um, and... You know, it's it's interesting. It depends where Jay Cutler goes, right? I don't think the uh, I mean, what's what's the upside for the Bears to keep him? I don't think much. I think he leaves there. Uh, and who are they going to bring in, right? So the reason why Alshon Jeffrey I think was so valuable the past couple seasons was because Cutler would always focus in on him and give him you know double digit targets a game on average. Um, you know, so whoever they bring in there, Kevin White should be back to full health and 
you know, it depends. Is the new QB going to spread out the ball, right? If you think about this past year, Odell Beckham was being drafted in the top three picks in, like, every single draft that I had entered, um, and, and Eli Manning spread out the ball a lot more, and Odell Beckham didn't finish as a top three guy, right? Uh, even though he has that, that capability, um, it's just because the uh, the ball, the, how they spread out the ball in the offense. Um, so if they bring in a QB who who's a little bit more open, not not keying into focusing on one guy, I think Ashan Jeffries' value definitely drops. Um, where is he drafted? I think uh, this past year he was probably, I want to say third third round, somewhere around there, third to fourth round. Um, if Cutler's there, if some for some reason they do re-sign him, I think that makes sense again. If not, uh, I think maybe fifth, sixth, seventh round. Um, I probably won't touch it myself just because that offense, uh, it's so anemic and, you know, uh, other teams are just going to double him. So uh, I don't think there's much upside there. You know, the other thing to keep in mind, too, as we pay attention to this uh, Chicago Bears situation for fantasy purposes, is there's a very real possibility. If you look at a lot of the mock drafts that are already out there, a lot of them have uh, the Bears taking a running or excuse me, I'm running back, a quarterback with the third overall pick. And if that happens, you could also see Chicago uh, we already saw them sink uh, some some money into Josh Shit, uh, Josh Sitton last year uh, to play guard for them. They might load up on offensive line and just have Jordan Howard really be the focal point of that offense. And maybe Alshon Jeffrey is not the engine driving that uh, 2017 Bears uh, team. I mean that that's a very real possibility too. As as the if, if it is a rookie quarterback, if he does learn, uh, you know, uh, you know, baptism by fire, so to speak. You may not see him, uh, you know, making all the moves, spreading out the ball as much as Jay Cutler had in the past. So that's another thing to uh, keep in mind. We have much more to get to with Chris Pohovich here, the $38,000 win in the FFPC playoff challenge, as well as the Football Guys Players Championship last season. We do have to get to a quick break. We come back, we're going to talk about Chris, about his purchase of fantasyfootball.net and how it played a role into his uh, bankroll for fantasy football. Sweet. That is all coming up right after this. I'm Eric Balkman. He's Dave Gerzak. This is the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Happy President's Day weekend, everybody out there. Dave, what are you doing for President's Day here this weekend? Um, hmm. Nothing. Nothing. All right. I don't have any plans yet. I'm going to... Figure out a whole itinerary tomorrow. Well, I'm very Great, Keep me posted on that. I'll be paying attention to your Twitter feed at David Gerzak. I'm Eric I'm, Balkman. I'm investigating this whole. Well, one thing I'm going to be doing, you know, Kyrie Irving. God, we're getting into this. He he's. By the way, this is the HSFF Hour on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We have Chris Pohovich on our guest tonight. Thirty-eight thousand dollars winner in the FFPC last year. Dave wants to talk about the Earth being flat for a little bit. Yeah, though. Kyrie Irving. He says the Earth's flat. I'm going to do a little bit of investigating on this. He, I think he went to Duke for a while, isn't that right? Yeah. Duke's a good university. Yeah. Um, I'm going to check this out. I'm going to check out this whole flat earth theory. I'm going to spend some time this weekend looking into it. Uh, I don't know what you think, Chris, about this. You're in corporate finance. I mean, I'm sure a lot of the logos in corporate finance are like round, globy type earths. So I'm sure you think it's round, <laughs> or maybe right? Maybe they're flat earths. We don't know. Based on the logo. Well, he wasn't in college for that long, right? He, he came out after a season or two, so maybe he didn't hit that course yes, yet. Yeah, might. Yeah, yeah maybe true. maybe astronomy. They get and flat ge- geology and flat Earth is uh, geography. the Earth is round is a junior level course <laughs> at Duke. This is probably not um, increasing the chances that your daughter goes to Duke, huh? No, not really. Has you she know, crossed I, crossed off the list. If I was the demon message at Duke. I'd be like, quash the story. Well, I, you know, I would, I'd be like <laughs> on Twitter so right now, like thing. and like uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson would be on there, just like you know, oh, it'd be so great. Here at Duke, we believe in a round Earth. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on and uh, talk to Chris about this is an interesting story uh, that, that I think deserves mentioning. Chris, you, you 
you uh, purchased the web domain back in the day. You can tell us the, the storyline here, fantasyfootball.net, okay? You, you bought it. T- tell, tell us what happened and what would the end result was uh, after you had purchased that domain. Yeah, sure thing. So, uh, you know, I love fantasy football. Um, in the past, historically, I've been kind of a more uh, smaller stakes player. Uh, but I wanted to start a site, and uh, I approached the owner of FantasyFootball.net, who had owned the site for, I don't know, 10, 15 years, something like that, and he wasn't using it. Um, so I approached him saw, to see if he was interested in selling it. We kind of went back and forth, and we settled up on a figure, a uh, high four-digit figure for him to sell the domain. So I purchased the domain, um, and then I got to work on it looking, uh, you know, what should I focus on? Should I do broad fantasy football? Should I have a, kind of a niche within there? And, uh, you know, that was over the course of, you know, several weeks, maybe a month or two. Um, at that time, I had parked the domain uh, to just check out the traffic stats. If anyone clicks on ads, you get a little little uh, commission there. So, And while I was investigating uh, what I should do with this, I, you know, somebody came along and made an offer on it. Um, which was more than double what I paid on it. And so uh-huh. I thought about it, and, you know, as I was looking around and seeing which direction I wanted to go, I saw the fantasy football sites out there, how many of them are great. I mean, they got teams of people, right? They're they're following every single uh, every single move, every single day, putting it out there. And I said to myself, you know, this is something that you really have to do full-time. I, I have my day job. I can't do it full-time. Let me, let me sell it, but if I'm going to sell it, let me take what I'm getting for it, and let me go – and, and go from a small stakes to high stakes player uh, on, dan- on daily fantasy and also on, on the season long, right? Uh, before this, I had purchased, I don't know, a handful of teams, and I had gone up, and now I think this is the second year in a row I had 30-plus teams uh, on my FFPC. Um, and, and it worked out great, right? So I sold it within a few weeks. Uh, I got double what I paid. I took that all. I put it into the, uh, the 30 teams. I put it into my daily fantasy, and from there I, I turned it into a six-figure gain for that year, um, which was a nice return. Simply. And certainly... Wow. It's just stunning. Just, well, just what if it, it invests $9,000 in a fantasy domain or a website domain, flip it for more than double what you paid for it, and then take that money, invest it in a season long into daily, and now it's six figures. That's just crazy. You can't, hey, Skechers. You're not going to get that type of return with Skechers. You're not. Uh, listen, we got to we got to talk uh, Hollywood movie options here. The the Chris Pohovich story. Who's playing you in the movie, Chris? That's the plot. Yeah, uh, selling a domain name. Selling a domain name. Crushing grand? and crushing it in fantasy. <laughs> and then of course the the climax of the movie is when you make the appearance in the high stakes fantasy football. Oh my hour, god. Uh, with Eric Balkman, Dave Gerzak. Of course, Sounds I will. Like a college film. I will be played by Brad Pitt. Dave will of course be played by Jack Black. <laughs> Chris, I'm not who, that fast. Chris, who is, yeah, go to hell, Balky. <laughs> Louis Anderson, whatever, I don't care. Chris, who's playing you in, in, in the uh, movie about Chris Bohovich? Oh, gosh, I'll take uh, Matt Damon. Perfect. So we got Damon, Brad Pitt, and uh, Jack Black. Dave, this, is, this screams Oscar all over it. I thought I was supposed to be the guy from CSI Miami, the redheaded guy. Oh, David Caruso. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that would, that's my insult. And so I would be or the uh, coach of the Cowboys. I would, apparently, I would either be pale skin. I would either be Sean Astin or um, Patton Oswalt in real life. It's kind of like skinnest. Like people are, you know, yeah, against my yeah. skin color. I am a skinnest. I totally am. I, th- I think that's just the definition of racism well, is being a skinnest. But I'm a light colored skinnest. I'm the people don't like me because of the light color. I got you, Chris. We got a couple of uh, yes. We under we understand, Dave. We can post <laughs> photos on this on on Facebook and Twitter for those who have not seen you yet. 
Uh, or they can just look at uh, pictures of David Caruso and pretty much get the gist. I'm much more handsomer. Chris Povich, we have a couple of emails from uh, listeners that came in. Uh, the first one's from Mark in Charlotte, North Carolina. He writes, hey, Chris, would you consider taking a tight end in the first two rounds this season? And if so, which ones are possibilities? Thanks for the email, Mark in Charlotte. I'm assuming this emailer is talking about FFPC leagues, Chris, as, as you look forward to 2017. Are there any tight ends worth your while taking in uh, the first couple of rounds this season? You know, I got burned in 16. I was I was high on Jordan Reed, and uh, you know, we all saw what happened with his injuries, right? So I, I had taken him in the second round on quite a few teams, um, and so I had a lot of ground to make up on those teams because you're at such a disadvantage at that point. Uh, would I take anyone? Uh, I don't think so. I think I learned my lesson. I would focus, you know, if you have a top uh, – First round, you got to take uh, a running back, I think, this year. Um, we saw Antonio Brown, right? He was drafted number one across the board. He didn't put up number one stats at the end of the year. Um, I, I don't know who the number one pick is at this point. Is it Lee Van Bell? Is it David Johnson? I actually think uh, I'm going to be fading David Johnson, fading Ezekiel Elliott this year. I think teams will catch up to Dallas. They're going to focus on stopping the run. Uh, Dak Prescott's going to have a regression. And I think uh, Carson Palmer in – Arizona, I think he's going to have a weak year. Um, Larry Fitzgerald, right, another year older, and, and they say most of his passes are within the five yard. He catches them within five yards, so I think they're going to have trouble moving the ball down the field. Uh, they don't have any big receivers. They're going to have to get somebody right now. They have J.J. Nelson and uh, John Brown, two small, quick guys, um, but they're not very efficient. Uh, and so I think everyone's going to key up, kind of how we saw Todd Gurley, everyone keyed up on him this year. I think we're going to see uh, something, not to the same degree, but to a similar degree on David Johnson next year. So I would avoid him with my first-round pick. I think, uh, you know, I'd take Le'Veon Bell in the first round or, um, or a high-quality wide receiver in the second round. I'd, I'd take kind of best of what's out there, but I wouldn't take a tight end until maybe the uh, sixth or seventh round this year. Are, are, are you looking at Antonio Brown as, as still the number one receiver for you uh, this, this year, Chris, or is it somebody else? Uh, no, you know, I'd probably go with Julio Jones. I think uh, Antonio Brown, There's two, if, if Le'Veon Bell, right, there's no suspension this year like there was in 16. Uh, he takes such a big uh, share of the touches that uh, I, I think he's definitely more valuable than Antonio Brown. I mean, if you look at the stats, uh, I'd guess that probably receptions per game they're pretty close. Um, they're not as far far away as you would think. Uh, and in a point-per-reception league, right, that's that's very valuable. Um, but I would take a guy who's going to be the number one focus of his team, right, uh, Julio Jones, uh, not Odell Beckham anymore. Um, maybe, mm, Mike Evans might be a stretch in the first round, but if you could get him kind of towards, towards the turn, um, I might think about a Mike Evans. Yeah, Evans is a guy who obviously got a ton of targets last year, Tampa, more than ever needs a second receiver to pair with Evans to make sure he is not getting doubled every play. That is going to be a situation we will watch in free agency as well as the draft. Uh, second email tonight, Chris, it's from Sean in Abilene, Texas. He writes, congrats, Chris. Gun to your head, are Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall both on the Jets this year? That is Sean in Abilene, Texas. Sean, thank you for the email. The Jets are a franchise that um, has, has not enjoyed a lot of success uh, the past couple of years. They bring in Matt Forte last year. gets off to a great start, really fizzled out. Uh, Bilal Powell had a couple of games. They, they still don't really have a tight end on that roster. And then you have Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall as the top two receivers. Who will they be catching passes from? We don't know. But are they both Jets in 2017, Chris? Can we uh, assume that they will be? Or do you think that 
one or both of these guys will be gone. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the Jets might be uh, over the salary cap currently. Um, I think they got to let go of one of them. I think they'd let go of Marshall before Decker uh, just because of age. And, and Marshall also has the uh, distraction right factor going on. So, I mean, you, you read reports about Antonio Brown, and he's a distraction. Maybe Pittsburgh should let him go. right? If Pittsburgh's thinking about that, then the Jets letting go Brandon Marshall should be a, a no-brainer if they want to free up some cap space. Um, again, they're also kind of rebuilding, right? They, they don't have a QB. Uh, the top two guys on there are gone, Christian Hackenberg. I mean, they wasted a second-round pick on him, and, and nobody on the Jets likes him now. Right? And Bryce Petty obviously isn't the answer. Um, so they're going to have to do something. They're either going to get somebody in the draft uh, where you're rebuilding, right? So how valuable is the wide receiver one on a team where you're rebuilding with, with a rookie QB? Or they're going to get a second-rate a second rate guy, maybe a Mike Lennon. Uh, you know, I don't know who else they'd grab. Um, not many high, high-end QBs out there, right? Tyrod Taylor, you know, Jay Cutler. But I don't see either the Jets spending money for either of them. You know, Chris, if so, I was a Jets fan, I think you just gone. put me on suicide watch. This is depressing. Yeah, it's, it's, my it's, team sucks, it's and not, there's no future. It's not good news if you are a Jets fan this year, Chris. Uh, when's the last time it was good news? <laughs> <laughs> hey, fantasy team name for 2017, Dave. The Distraction Factor. What the hell are you talking that's, about? That, that, I think that's a great team name. The Distraction eh. Factor. You don't like it? No. Vetoing it? Too obvious. All right. Well, not not Okay. Well, let's uh, let's get to a fun question then to try to pep things up. Chris, let's look ahead to 2017. You've given us a lot to think about uh, as far as drafts go already, but give us a guy that you think could bust out. And and I'm not, and by bust out, I mean like a, as a bad first round pick. I'm not going to let you pick Ezekiel Elliott or David Johnson because you both you poo pooed both of them already. Uh, so somebody else other than those guys, and then uh, a guy who might be a big value later on in drafts that you think people are kind of overlooking right now. Give us those two players uh, as your selections this year, sir. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit hard, right, with uh, the draft not happening happening yet in free agency. Uh, nothing, nothing going on there yet. I would think about the the Raiders' running game, right? They have the great offensive line. Uh, I think uh, I want to say it's Latavius Murray's contract is up, um, and do they want to pay him the money? I don't. I don't think so. I think he's a decent back. He's probably like a Rob Kelly out of uh, out of Washington, maybe a little bit better. Um, but I don't think you're going to pay him the money that uh, he's probably going to want. So I take a look at the uh, the backups there: DeAndre Washington, Jalen Richard. Um, you know, are, are one of them going to step up and be the guy behind that great offensive line? And you also got, right, the two two wide receivers, a great quarterback, David Carr stepping up. Um, so nobody's going to be able to just focus in on the running backs. I think he's going to have a lot of free reign, whoever that winds up with. Um, you know, do they do Washington as the uh, first two down back and Richard as the third, uh, third down back? I don't know. Um, but that could be kind of a sneaky uh, draft pick. As ter- in terms of a bust, uh huh. I don't know. I got burned by DeAndre Hopkins uh, on a few few of my teams this year as a first round pick. Um, uh, he's a little bit obvious. I'd say AJ Green. I'm not sure. I saw that they wanted to go out and get another wide receiver. They already have Eifert in the red zone taking the TDs. Uh, you know the running backs. They they use them both evenly and they throw to uh, Giovanni Bernard when they get down near the goal line quite often. Um, so I might I might fade AJ Green. I think there might be better value out there in the first round. Look, I, I get what you're saying with Green. Let, let me bring it back to Hopkins a little bit. You said that that would be kind of an obvious selection. So for you, the, the problems that plagued DeAndre Hopkins as far as the bad quarterback play in, in 2016, you believe that continues into 2017, and he is a guy that will not be on any of your teams this season. Yeah, I mean, where are they going to go for QB? 
Um, there's really no great free agents, right? Uh, Tony Romo has been linked to, to other teams. And other than that, you could go Tyrod Taylor, who's not a great passing QB. Jay Cutler, who, I mean, if Jay Cutler goes there, that would be interesting because he might feed the ball to Hopkins, and he's a gunner too. He's going to have his turnovers and pick sixes, and it's going to be a lot of opportunity to throw the ball. But I guess it depends where their QB situation goes before I start thinking about uh, DeAndre Hopkins or not. All right, Chris, this is our big question we always ask at the end. 38 grand, it's a big haul for a number of people, not for you. You've got tons of cash, corporate finance, yeah, Skechers. Think, think about all that money you're going to be making in Skechers, but it's, too. You know, it's a rounding error for you. <laughs> Either way, it's good for something. <laughs> so uh, what are you doing with all that money? Yeah, I'm actually going to park in the stock market and uh, just let it sit there, and it'll be part of my bankroll when uh, July, August come around. Smart. He knows what's going on. Yeah. Well, this is you're talking to a man that paid, he you know, the the a high four figure for fantasyfootball.net, turned that into a six figure uh a total through uh through fantasy football. Uh so it's a great story. The it's next fantastic. Movie, great movie. Yes. Um next Tarantino project. Yeah, you get let's get some murder and some blood in there. <laughs> and we'll we'll toss around some uh some racial slurs. I think that Tarantino has has made those pretty prevalent in his films. So yeah, he, that he goes without saying. Yeah, and you like you get into it on the show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I do, but you know, yeah, me and Tarantino, you know, people of color love us because we're cool about right, it. They're right. all cool with us. Yes. Just ask us. Yes. Ask Tarantino, ask me if they love it. Yeah. That De- definitely. They don't. I, I was trying to cover for you. Chris Pohovich has been our guest tonight on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Chris, congratulations on all your success that you enjoyed this past year. I hope uh, more of it is coming for you in 2017. Thanks so much for doing the show. We really appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon, man. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. Take care. Thanks. Chris Pohovich, the $38,000 winner in uh, the Football Guys Players Championship last year, four league titles, first player ever to have two teams finish in the top five of the FFPC World Famous Playoff Challenge. Great stuff from him. I think we all learned a lot, and uh, we have a lot to digest there. So we are going to go to a break. Dave, before we go to a break, yes, sir. you need to load up your screen with uh, 2016 quarterback stats because that will be what we are talking about when we come back from break. Well, I got to figure, you know, MFL updated their stuff, and now i got to figure out how this site works. God, oh, God, for- Mike Hall. God forbid you actually use the FFPC site for something like that. You know, it doesn't lay out as well. Oh, God, don't say that. Don't say that. Please play FFPC. I'm used to, I'm used, yeah, I'm used to carrying. In 2017. Okay. So when we come back, we're going to talk about how the quarterbacks finish. We'll give you some quarterback strategy, what we said at the start of the year, what we're saying now, and what we're going to be saying uh, when 2017 drafts roll around, like they are right now on the FFPC. I'm Eric Balkman, and he's Dave Gerzak. This is the HSFF Hour on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour rolls on here with Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Fortunate enough to talk with Chris Bohovich, who dropped by, talk about his big winnings in the FFPC last year. Let's talk about the quarterback position. How did they finish? What, were, what did we get right? What did we get wrong? How is this going to help us for 2017 drafts? Dave, an overarching question as we get into the quarterback discussion initially here. Did anything change for you last year and what you saw with the with how the quarterback scored in regards to the other positions? Did anything change that would maybe make you want to get an elite guy, make you pay up uh, for a guy in an auction, a top three, a top five guy, maybe draft one of those guys earlier than you would? Or 
Uh, is this sort of still business as usual? Wait on quarterback, load up on running back, receiver, tight end in, in the FFPC format. Anything changed for you on that front last year? You know, not for me really, but I've, I've been, I'm, I have been willing to draft quarterbacks somewhat. I don't want to say early, but not insanely late. Like if there's a guy that's out there, five, fifth, sixth, seventh round, I will draft him. Uh, you know, Matt Ryan had a really impressive finish, and he was a person that was just being pretty much oh, thrown yeah. to the curb. I mean, it was 20th round pick. It was insane how low. You know, I think we, you know, I'd have to look back on the shows. I think we had some comments that we thought, you know, it seemed like he was free. I don't know why. We didn't know why he was free. But I don't think we were totally advocating. No, for him. I don't think we were. But I, th- I think what we did do when we, t- we covered these live drafts, he, we would always talk about, oh, my gosh, I can't believe these quarterbacks yeah. you can get late, and his name always came always up. Always came up. It's like, yeah, Matt Ryan, it's like that's just like free. Who knows? I mean, I, I never can understand, like, why he was just thrown to the curb as if he was so poor. But, you know, you look at Rodgers and Breeze, and uh, Jake Rickroad will tell you, those guys are consistently top three, top four, right. top five yep. quarterbacks every single year. So Rodgers and Breeze, if you're getting them in the fifth and sixth rounds, you're doing just fine. Right. Um, Although this- I – I still think Andrew Luck is always overrated. I'm never I, – I can't draft Andrew Luck where he gets drafted. But, but he's always – Hold on. Hold always on. goes super too early you, for me. You, I have never seen you draft Andrew Luck. And you won't see me draft him But you know year. what I did see you do last year? Buy Andrew, buy Andrew Luck when you already had Ben Roethlisberger in a 14-teamer. We were drinking, and it was an auction. That, that was, was a mis- great. It was a mistake. And by the way, there were a number of times where we had – we started one or the other. It actually worked out fine for us, although the team wasn't very good overall. It's because you, you had to – those are the resources you had to soak into having a quarterback. You know who – I Kurt, think Big Ben was like six bucks. You know who Kurt and I had in that league? Drew Brees. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you, you very much. Much. You guys were pretty good. Took though. second. Yeah, yeah nice. Yeah. Which, by the way, you still owe me 100 bucks for that league. Do I really? Because you, you don't have to pay me now. It's fine. My, wallet, hope... my wallet's not here in the Oh, studio. a likely story. It's in the glove box. Um, <laughs> um, so, so, like, getting back to, to quarterback, this is also coming from a guy, ladies and gentlemen, Dave Gerzak, who you made, a, I believe, a deadline deal in Carrington last year to get Tom Brady on your roster. So you were willing to not only pay up for a quarterback – to get a championship, you were willing to pay up for an aging quarterback in a dynasty league. I actually dealt Sammy Watkins for Brady, and that was a trade that probably a lot of people would be like, that's a dumb trade, and maybe it is. But, you know, now Brady, they're talking about using him for another four or five years. I ended up winning the league, and Brady was, a you know, a huge part of that. And uh, I have no regrets. I mean, my wide receivers were good enough that I felt like I could part with Watkins. He's always hurt. Maybe he'll be fantastic going forward, but I have Brady now, so I'm happy. I'm fine with it. Let's uh, start talking about some of the quarterbacks and how they finished then. No surprise that Aaron Rodgers well, – how, first of all, how do you want to do this? Do you want me to look at stats weeks 1 to 16, or do you want me to include all 17 weeks? You always ask. I don't really care. Okay, so I have it all 17, so let's Great. look at it that way. Okay, Aaron Rodgers finished as the number one quarterback. No surprise there. Is he your number one quarterback for 2017 if you are drafting one? If, if he's still out there in the fifth round and no other quarterbacks are off the board, are you taking him? Oh, yeah, I'd probably, I would definitely look at it. To me, like, if you look at a guy like Drew Brees, who, by the way, finished second, look at the weapons he has. Brandon Cooks, Michael Thomas, Kobe effing Fleener, which, by the way, i gotta, I got to get off that bandwagon. Um, but he still has a good uh, ground game in Mark Ingram. He still has Willie Sneed there, who, who made a yeah, lot of plays good. last year. I, I think he's a, a guy that needs to be in that conversation as well with Matt Ryan and Aaron Rodgers in that same fifth, sixth-round area. Well, with Brees, I mean, because he's a number of years older, he has – higher when you look at the charts on quarterbacks aging and their performance dropping off he does have a, a significantly higher you know chance of him just dropping off the cliff and all of a sudden arm strength goes or whatever i don't believe it's going to happen but there's 
a little bit more risk with Breeze. I feel like we should be hearing more. And he doesn't run as much. Reports coming out of New Orleans in the preseason. Oh, the Breeze didn't throw today, or Breeze only threw X number of passes. Like save save the pitches on that arm. There's yeah, like, only so many left. He should be sitting like literally every Wednesday. Like every Wednesday, yeah. Like, oh, Drew Breeze set up practice. Yeah. Even even Thursday, just have him run. <laughs> just jog around. Get loose. Yeah. Keep that keep that rotator cuff nice and polished. Yeah. You look at uh, number six on this list, Dave, uh, behind Matt Ryan and Andrew Luck is Kirk Cousins. guy we talked about on the show earlier, a guy that once again crushed it when Washington wanted to see him do it one more year. There's going to be some, some changes with the weapons that he has this season. I think if Pierre Garçon and Deshaun Jackson are gone and, and you're counting on Jamison Crowder, Josh Doxson, Jordan Reed, I might be of the – mind of of letting him slip a little bit past the the sixth quarterback off the board and maybe everybody else will have that thought as well that worried about how he'll do without those two guys there but he's not a guy that i would draft as as the sixth quarterback off the board well as a, on a points per game basis he was the eighth quarterback i mean andrew yeah, there luck, you go andrew luck was uh was ahead of him at fourth and brady was fifth um sorry if i got that wrong what did you have him at sixth that's total points all right, let me just check this out. <laughs> See, I'm, I think I'm going by. Do you have it weeks one to seventeen or weeks one to sixteen? So this is this, a... these are all problems you would not have if See, you're looking at this at myffpc.com. Yeah, good point. All right, whatever. I might be wrong. Okay, well, either anyway, way, yes. I, would, I would rather have Brady. I'd rather. I actually would rather have Luck. Not that I'm a big fan. And that, that makes sense, actually. So you look at uh, number eight on this list behind. Well, let's talk about number seven, Philip Rivers, first. Uh, this Rivers is always cheap. He's, he's, always, he's, he's always almost. He, I bet. I bet I get him a lot. They have a good running game. Uh, a, a, a head coach that knows how to get the most out of its out of his running game. And Anthony Lynn. You have Keenan Allen coming back. You have both Gates and Hunter Henry, who really broke out last year. You still have Travis Benjamin and Tyrell Williams, who looked really good. This, this is a team with a lot of weapons. Um, you know, playing in a new city, I'm sure there's going to be a transformation or, or a transition, excuse me, for everyone there. But Rivers is a guy I think puts up great numbers again this year, and not a lot of people are in on him. I'm fine with Philip Rivers again this year. Well, here's the problem with Rivers. And if you look at, even when you get down to like, and this is just using historical stats this past year, he averaged 22.15 points a game. Then you have Bortles, Carr, Stafford, Winston, Mariota, Cam, which I would expect more of a Cam going forward. Carson Palmer, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, I expect more of him, and Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor is the worst on that list at 21.113 points per game, you know, about one point less per game. So right. it's so – and that's like a dozen quarterbacks right. that are about as good. And to- so to- just chill. Totally agree. Just- totally agree. Now, now to, to further my point, I think you can make the argument that of all those guys, with the exception of Tyrod Taylor, Phillip Rivers is going to be going after every single one of those guys in drafts. So my point is, if you're going to wait on and him, Bortles probably. You think Bortles goes after Philip Rivers? Bortles, yeah. I don't Bortles know. That was the next guy I was going to talk about, and he he ended up as being the number eight quarterback this year. I I still think you know I we, think people are ju- down on Bortles. He was so junky. But you think about all, just the people we've had on this show since the season's ended. We we've asked about the Allen Robinson DeAndre Hopkins uh, comparison because those are two first round wide receivers, up and coming receivers that right. had Bafo 2015s that we expected to do the same in 2016. It didn't happen, and it seems like every single person we've talked to. They expect a rebound from Allen Robinson. Like, it's almost stupid to ask. They, I mean, they fully <laughs> expect him. That's true. But when you talk about Hopkins, 
oh, nobody's yeah, like, this is the year, man. He's coming back. And, like, nobody's on the DeAndre Hopkins train. So I think the, the fact that Bortles is not only going to have Robinson, you saw Marquise Lee really step up last year. He's still got, you know, a, a healthy Alan Hearns coming into this season. He wasn't healthy the last half of, of 2016. He's going to have a lot of weapons there. He needs the running game. But Bortles is a guy, I mean, you, you could might, be right. He'll be pretty cheap, though. He will, you know, he'll be really inexpensive. Right. make him part of a QBBC. Maybe Bortles Rivers as a QBBC next year. That could be interesting. You could do three quarterbacks. It's so easy. Really so easy. It's always easy. The number ten quarterback that I think uh, has the the potentialist to ascend potentially to he has the potential to potentially ascend. Yeah, um, to Way the to top go, no, no. to the five, top five ball. this year. Jameis Winston, a uh, guy uh, that really put up good numbers in Tampa. He's going to have Mike Evans back. They're seemingly going to have a much improved uh, number two receiver there. Cameron Brait really stepped up as a as a playmaking tight end for for that uh, Buccaneers offense last year. Winston is a guy that I think could be interesting in drafts this year. However, Dave, the hype train could be out of control on him, and he might go earlier. As you said, this glut of quarterbacks here, he might be drafted on the higher end of that glut. And, you know, my personal – this is really early. My personal strategy would be just to wait for whoever reaches on, on what quarterback. And I would be fine with players like Jameis. No, Jameis will go high. So Derek Carr, he's another young quarterback people don't talk a lot about. Right. And then, you know, Marks Mariota, Cam Newton, you know, he's great. Dak, Dak Prescott, second year. Russell Wilson kind of had an off year, runs a lot. I mean, there's so many, so many opportunities. I mean, there's so many good players, and you're definitely going to get one in the top 15 to 16. So even if you kind of fart around on quarterback and then miss out where people are backing him up, you can still get one that's pretty good. Yeah, I, I think that Prescott is a guy that will be drafted right around Winston, and he's another guy that I'm not going to want on my teams because, I just, first of all, I think that, that – people are remembering the how good the Dallas team was rather than how good Prescott was. I mean, he was, yeah, averaged 21.1 points last year uh, for fantasy, which is very good. But when you consider that he, he's going to be pushed up because of how that Dallas team did just, you know, subconsciously, he's, he's not a guy that I'm going to be very excited about. A guy I will be very excited about that I think I might be able to get a deal on in a few leagues, Russell Wilson, a guy that was a top three to four quarterback the last few years dealt with a leg injury seemingly all season that hampered his ability to run. We already saw the Jimmy Graham renaissance last year. Doug Baldwin proved that he could be a a wide receiver one uh, for the last two years now. You have Tyler Lockett and Paul Richardson that made a lot of plays uh, throughout the season as well. Lockett, another guy who was dealing with a PCL sprain too. So there's a lot of things to like about Russell Wilson uh, this upcoming year, and I think the fact that he's going to have two healthy sticks under him is going to be sticks. Yeah, sticks. Two healthy sticks under him. It's going to make him uh, very valuable as a fantasy commodity, and I think a lot of people will not be on him. I'll, I'll never use that term. Sticks. Yes. Move the sticks. <laughs> Russell you know, Wilson will be. If for me to draft Wilson, I just need one small thing. I just need a, some puff pieces. Give me a few puff pieces, like. No, I don't, don't want those. No, no it's not going to move him up. I just need. I actually need a word to say. Oh, no, he's he's okay. taking the off season seriously. He realized he hit the buffet circuit too hard. He was hanging out with his wife too much. He's rededicated himself. Give yeah. me a couple of those. And then hanging out with his wife too much. Yeah, That's exactly. Yeah. These are professional athletes. Yeah. Hang out with them after you right. end your career. Yeah, yeah. And where you say, oh, I didn't spend enough, enough time with my wife and children. Right. They'll, like Steve Smith did. They'll understand. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Unless they've left you already. In which case, the ship has sailed. <laughs> what happened to Cam Newton? I mean, my God, for the guy who was the number one He's fantasy fine. quarterback, he got dinged up last year. He missed the game. Uh, you know, three three hundred twenty one fantasy points finishes as the number sixteen quarterback. 
if you drafted it was a, it was him, a lost season for Cam. If you drafted him or bought him in an auction, you probably did not win your championship. I made a lot of money betting against Carolina this last yeah, year. Yeah, you did. Didn't make much money drafting Cam Newton, yeah. however. I uh, lost a lot of movies. Did you? How many leagues did you have him in? I just I remember him, the I one. Had, I had him in like a couple. Oh, did you really? Okay. Many. All right. But yeah, it was. He up. writes the shift then. I think. So. I mean, I I think that they had a tougher schedule. Right. They lost. They didn't lose. They got rid of uh, Norman. Right. The yeah. Quarter corner. Yep. And uh, but shouldn't that but shouldn't that be a boon to Cam Newton having team, a worse defense? But, but they, were, they were losing games. You know, and Newton. I don't. I don't know that Newton's quite the leader that he makes himself out to be. And so they, they just kind of imploded. They had a rough season. I think they will come around. Okay. So, and, and uh, Calvin Benjamin, a year. You know, remember, okay, Cam Okay, this was two years ago. Remember yeah. Cam Newton? He was getting drafted in the 11th round. That's true. Oh, Cam's not that good. Blah, 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 blah. Now mm-hmm. it went crazy. Now, hopefully this year, be like, ah, oh, Cam's going to the 11th round again. That's fine. I'll, I'll be happy to take him. If the Panthers end up taking Leonard Fournette, uh, which uh, a lot of people have mocked Fournette going to the Panthers at eight overall, you think that hurts Cam Newton's value at all a little bit? Because I, I got to believe that they would be giving Leonard Fournette the, the ball in, in goal line situations. And with the shots that Cam Newton has already taken running the football, um, <laughs> th- does that hurt his value at all if they get a rookie running back like that? I think it could slightly, actually, when they actually have a real running back, not Stewart or a fullback that they have to hand it off to. But Cam will still get his from the one-yard line here and there where they run those little you know, fake handoff sneaks around the, off tackle, around the tackle, around the end. Number 17 quarterback as far as total fantasy points last year, Carson Palmer. Can he get another good year in uh, in fantasy with, with John Brown, J.J. Nelson, Larry Fitzgerald, those guys there? Or is he a guy – I mean, clearly you're not drafting him as your starter. Is he a guy that you can plug in in, in good situations, uh, you know, good matchups throughout the season as your backup? Or is he a guy that, you know what, I know the ceiling on Carson Palmer. Let me draft an unknown and try to try to catch lightning in a bottle. I would probably be more willing to take the risk on another kind of semi-unknown player or a player that you're just not sure what, what they're going to do and be fine with that. Palmer, like, you kind of know his upside, and he's got some downside risk. He's more of a break in place of – break in case of, uh, you know, fire, you know, break the glass. Break, break glass in case – Yeah, you've got to kind of pull him out if you have to. Really there you're going there. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I didn't say it No, we're, we're of one mind here. <laughs> My Carrington Dynasty quarterback finished as the number 18 quarterback last year, but as far as fantasy points per game, he was actually number six, and that's Big Ben Roethlisberger. Um, it doesn't sound, based upon what the Steelers GM was saying yesterday, that he thinks Roethlisberger is going to retire. I, 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 there just does not seem to be any sort of serious take on that. What is he getting? Twenty-two million dollars a year. He would have he's to. not going to retire. He would have to give back, I believe, eighteen million to it. He's not retiring. There's no chance. Okay, so he's not retiring. So you look at the Steelers' offense this upcoming, upcoming year. We already talked about how Jesse James is probably the tight end owned in Pittsburgh. Antonio Brown's going to be there. Martavis Bryant is coming back off suspension. They probably could. They yeah, probably. You're right. Uh, they could probably add. They should add another playmaker in the draft because clearly uh, they did not get what they were looking for from Marcus Wheaton, Sammy Coates, Eli Rogers is pretty inconsistent last year as well. So you look at Big Ben Roethlisberger, Le'Veon Bell behind him, lots to like there, Dave, and uh, a, a guy that I don't believe will be drafted among the top five quarterbacks. He could be, but he's a, the type of guy that could finish there, and he is probably above. You know, as you brought up, that glut of quarterbacks that's in there, he's probably above that tier. Is he worth taking a risk on drafting him before all those other sort of third-tier guys go off the board? Uh, is he worth taking 
ahead of those guys, or would you still rather wait on, on all those other quarterbacks there? Who are we talking about again? That the question was like so. I'm trying to frame it how, for you. Jeez, how, how, how long is the show? First of all, you're writing a GD email while I'm asking you the question. <laughs> I want to make sure it's you understand what's going on. I thought you were going on to some other stuff. No, it's Roethlisberger. It's still Roethlisberger? Yes. Does he still have the love sacks in his house? I don't know. <laughs> I, no. would say, I would take Roethlisberger, sure. Over, like over all those other guys, he's worth taking. Yeah, not too much higher, but I would, I would be. I don't think he will go too much I'd higher. I'd be pretty happy taking Big Ben in, okay. that, in the upper echelon of the middle range, whatever that means. Super Bowl MVP Tom Brady finishes the number 21 quarterback, however, on a points-per-game basis. He finished in the top five at number five. Another big year for Brady, as you nod your head. You know what's great about you know what's great about money. You know what's great about Brady. He played his best football last year when Gronk was hurt. It's my understanding Rob Gronkowski will be coming back to this team yeah. in 2017. So he's going to have Gronk. He's going to have Edelman. We saw all the plays that Malcolm Mitchell and Chris Hogan were able to make, and he has some guy named James White catching 14 passes out of the backfield a game as well. So you look at all those guys there. Brady's loaded. They will have the first place schedule, but the, the division they play in is not that great. Brady's the type of guy that's going to be drafted among the Breeze, Rogers, Ryan tier. Well, I mean, the way that they run their offense, you know, the receivers look at the way the defense is, is laid out. They audible their routes. Brady knows that they're audibling their routes to whatever is the best route. He knows exactly where to throw it. He's, been, he's thrown like 50,000 passes in this offense. He knows exactly where to throw it. If it's an eight-yard curl or a 20-yard post, whatever, he knows exactly where it should go. I mean, this is like – it's like playing a video game. Like, it's like when you're playing NFL 2K and you always throw to the tight end because you can't, you know, get that tight end. And he's right. always going to catch a pass. Yeah. That's what it's like having Brady as a quarterback for fantasy. It's so great. He doesn't run it very often. That's fine. But he's, always, he's almost always thrown for 300 yards. The only time he doesn't do well is when he's getting crunched, you know, when the defense is rushing and they're actually getting in there. And so as long as the offensive line is healthy and good – he cannot be stopped. He really cannot be stopped. And you know what's great about Brady, too, that you just kind of touched upon? Um, I was reading an article on ESPN sometime last offseason, I think it was, and they were talking to an anonymous scout. And this anonymous scout, they were talking about quarterbacks, and they said, the NFL, the quarterbacks in the NFL do not play this air raid system, bomb it downfield all the time. Everything, if you want to be successful, you got to be successful in that first 10 yards past the line of scrimmage. That's all Tom Brady does Mm -hmm. is he operates there like a surgeon and that's why he's so successful. And that's why people can't get to him when they're trying to put pressure on him because by the time they get there, ball's already downfield and Julian Edelman's running 80 yards for a touchdown. I mean, yeah, exactly. It's so, it's so, if you have Brady on your team, if you haven't known Brady, he's so much fun to have because you just watch it. He's like, Oh, this is great. Yeah. Ah, two touchdowns. (laughs) It's the first quarter. Yeah. Yeah, It's just like so awesome to watch. Let's tie it up. Rank the uh, 2016 rookies for 2017 in the order you would draft them. Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Paxton Lynch. Do you like them in that order? Wentz. Wentz, Goff, Goff, Lynch. Lynch. Uh, I'll obviously once number one. I don't know. I guess I'll go Lynch to Goff. Socks. He'll go three. Okay. Wow. So you, the unproven Paxton Lynch ahead of Jared Goff. I say Goff's terrible. I don't like right. him at all. Okay. Goff is an underrated guy. I mean, he's working with some quarterback gurus this offseason. We'll see what happens. He's working with Tom House and, and another guy. I can't remember who it was. Yeah, well, so I hope he puts on like 10, 15, 20, 40 pounds. Yeah, 40 probably would be yeah. preferable. Get over 190. I, if I could lose 40 pounds and give it to Jared Goff, I would draft him. Me too. I'd be happy with that. All right. That's going to do it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank Chris Buhovich uh, for coming on tonight, Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob, and of course, uh, Bryce, our audio engineer, and you for all, all tuning in. I really appreciate uh, you guys hanging out with us uh, as we 
uh, kick off 2017 draft season with the FFPC. As we mentioned at the top of the show, no Dave Gerzak next week. We will have a co-host with me as well. So 10-9 Central, tune in. I will be here with a guest co-host. Pick up a Dynasty Orphan. Pick up some satellites. There's plenty of them at myffpc.com. Scott Engel and the Fantasy Hall of Fame Hour is up next on Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by myffpc.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. I gotta go, cause I got me a drop top. And if I hit the switch, I can make the ass drop. Had to stop at a red light. Looking in my mirror, not a jacker in sight. And everything is And just to recap, the most important thing from the show tonight, invest in Skechers. That's SKX.